welcome into Pope the Bear, episode 115. That is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Connor, how you doing? Evan, doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, I think everyone in Boston is recovering from AJ Greer mania that took place on Tuesday night. People are, you know, people are finally, I, actually, I don't know. I don't think people have come down from it. I think they're still kind of on that high. They're riding that high, man. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, the minute he m- mentioned Milan Lucic, people were just like, like their eyes went like, what did, did he just mention Milan Lucic? I mean, let, let's, let's be clear here. There's like a pretty set checklist of what you need to do to ingratiate yourself with Bruins yes. fans and AJ Greer, whether beyond the ice the locker room is post game quotes. He's checked off all of them, right? I mean, get into a fight in the first game, check. Jordan Frederick has been, you know, welcomed in the good graces of Boston for years now because of that. Uh, Hit everything that moves out on a Mm -hmm. shift. Score a goal or two, pretty good. Helps out quite a bit. And then, like, AJ Gur also, beyond what you said, I mean, saying you wanted your game to Milan Lucic, check. So like literally after the, the game against the Rangers, he did like, you know, the on ice quick interview, like for the, the fans in the garden, that man cut like a WWE promo. Like they asked him, like, how does it feel? He was like, I'm in Boston, baby. Woo. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. Like I literally, I could just hear him as I'm on the elevator. I'm like, is like, who are they? T- is like WCW out there? Like what, what's going on? <laughs> no, it's AJ Greer. So as you said, only two preseason games, but Greer mania is here, I think. He's your cousin from Boston's cousin. That's kind yes, of the way he, he from, is from He's Quebec. From Quebec, yeah, of course. Um, cousin from Quebec. Well, he yeah, he is. He did go to BU. He went to your establishment, uh, your uh, fine institution on Comav. So uh, he does know the city quite well. Uh, and you're right. He did everything right. It's funny. Like he he didn't even wait for the regular season. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do it in a preseason game. I'm going to freaking show these these guys, and I'm going to do every possible thing right in a preseason game. Which might actually bode really well for him, because after the game, Jim Montgomery said if the lineups were made today, he would be in it um, and he would be uh, penciled in on the uh, on a line. Um, maybe the first line. I, I, I Someone said, what line would it be on? I said, is there a line higher than the first? Maybe we could put, you know, the point five line or something like that, you know, like just that high up. But uh, I think it we, we joke about it. We have fun with it. And it is fun because it's preseason hockey. So everyone's kind of just looking for something to to get excited about. And it's clear that AJ Greer is that guy, but is it worth buying into the AJ Greer hype? Yeah. I mean, I think there you look at his overall skill set, and I think the biggest question mark with the guy like Greer is just how much offensive ceiling there really is and how much he can consistently display it. Is he going to be scoring two goals and kind of sniping like he was against the Rangers on Tuesday? I don't think so, but you kind of look at just the way he plays and Something he said post game is, is the fact that, you know, he hasn't really been able to sustain, you know, his career up in the NHL so far. But this year with Boston, it feels like everything is kind of falling into place for him. And you look at kind of just the way he plays and what the role would be on this team. It seems like a guy that if he just plays at that level, that intensity, that effort, the seven, eight, nine, ten goals are going to come, right? Like just the way he just like, you know, is so aggressive on the forecheck. He's hitting everything that moves. Um, He's a big guy at 6'3", 210, but he doesn't skate like it. He's a pretty good skater for his size, which is why I think he was a, a second-round pick back in 2015. Bruins continue to acquire everyone from the 2015 draft. Get but, everybody in. Yes. Um, but I think you look at just his overall skill set, and again, I think it just comes down to how much offensive production you can get out of him. Because I think you look at the 
rest of it, the the energy, the you know, physicality he brings, all that stuff, it seems to fit in with what the Bruins are looking for in that fourth line. And it's something that Jim Montgomery said on uh, on Wednesday that kind of caught you know my attention is that it was asked, "What do you look for in a fourth line?" And I think in years past, it's been all right, we want like a, a bunch of guys that can kind of grind it out, be a lot of D zone stats, kind of uh, shut down the other team's line. For Montgomery, it's all about energy. He's like, and that could be achieved in multiple ways. It can be through a hit, it can be through a goal, it can be just through forechecking. And if you're just looking for maybe the best players available on that ball and that just can give you that spot, I don't know how you don't look at a guy like AJ Green and what he's given you the last couple of games and be like, yeah, that guy's out of the rotation. So is AJ Gray going to be this revelation who, you know, I think someone mentioned that like his career path line matches up to a guy like Ken Richeneau. I don't think that's going to be the case of like a guy who's like 25 in the AHL a few years and then just something clicks. I don't think that's going to be the case. Let's let's chill a little bit here. Pump the brakes. But if we go through a whole year and AJ Gray's in 70 games and is giving you seven goals and 18 points and brings you that energy... Sounds like a pretty damn good fourth liner to me. Oh, he's the perfect fourth liner. That was my thing. Like that guy is tailor made for the fourth line. The the size, the speed, the intensity, the the, the opportunity for offense. Not always, but the opportunity that 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 every time he takes takes the aces a chance, he puts up some sort of point, whether it be a goal or an assist. Like that's a fourth liner. And I will say this: that's what this team's been missing for so long it's been a long time or maybe not a full long time but it's been a few years since they've had a defined kind of fourth line and you know you had nola chari back you know around the stanley cup time and sean corrali was that for a bit and you know chris wagner had his time where that was him but this feels like a true fourth liner and you know what it might be the worst part of this there's a lot of competition there's a lot of competition and you got nick felino who makes a lot of money and nick felino who's healthy and a veteran and well-liked who could easily be the starting fourth line left winger. And that's the tough part is that I do think Greer will be in the lineup. I don't think that he, I think he's too good to not be in, but it wouldn't surprise anyone if opening night came around and Felino got the nod um, on the fourth line left wing spot. And that would be tough because it's almost like no matter how good Greer is in the remaining preseason games, it might, they might just go with Felino solely to just kind of give him that shot due to, to being a veteran. Now, again, Greer might just be too good, which is kind of what we saw the other night. Now, is he going to put two goals up every single preseason game? And I said, no. But, I mean, do you think there is a chance, kind of like I said, that they go with Felino to start kind of because the you know he's a veteran? Yeah, I think it's all going to be determined off of, like, I, I don't see a scenario – once camp ends where I think like Felino gets waived or anything like that. I think worst case for Felino is you start the years like the, the extra forward. Like yeah. I, I feel like they're not going to officially, you know, give out a verdict on him and, and think that maybe his career in Boston at least is done based on what he shows with one more preseason game. Again, that can change based on just the last week plus of camp. But um, it's one of those ones that would be unfortunate if it's a situation where let's say Felino isn't able to make much of an impact in a game and Greer maybe doesn't score two goals, but it has that same energy in a game. And he's on the outside looking in. Like, I don't, I don't see a scenario now where 
Guerrero gets tried, you know, sent down to Providence, think you have to go through waivers, which I think someone's plucking him. That's the case, right? Like after Twitter the other night, yeah. every team's like, no, we're, yeah. we're, we're even like, that guy. even like the NHL Twitter account was, I think, tweeting about it. NHL PI was mentioning it. I'm like, no, someone's going to pick him up. So, but I think, yeah, if you're in Felino's, you know, in his position, the worst case is probably the 13th forward, which if you're, it's the Bruins. It's a good problem to have where it's all right. We have Felino who's still in the lineup. We still value him, but he's going to have to work for those minutes. And also, I think one thing we haven't really talked about is Greer fourth line makes a lot of sense. But we saw on uh, on Wednesday after that after that game that Montgomery put Greer with Coyle and Smith. Maybe the guy who gets the wake up call is is uh, Trent Frederick, right? Ooh, like that's yes. another guy where it's if it's all of a sudden that a guy like Frederick who for years now we're looking at him to finally break through and, and you know finding that identity is he a a fourth line grinder is he a guy a guy who can play a little bit higher up to be kind of a, a physical presence on the third line like what exactly is he wasn't really that noticeable in that game against the rangers maybe it's a wake-up call for him where maybe greer's the guy who's safe and then it's felino and frederick fighting for those spots on the fourth line too so it's one of those ones where it hasn't been settled yet i don't imagine it, get, it gets settled between those three or you add in Johnny Beecher and Tomas Nosek and all these other guys. Chris um, Wagner, Mark Chris Wagner. Yeah, tons of guys. Oscar Steen. Um, I don't think it's going to get resolved anytime soon, but if you're the Bruins, it's a great problem to have because you've got multiple guys that are through maybe them paying their dues in the NHL or these guys who are exceeding expectations, younger players. You have a lot of guys that are making it hard for you to make a decision. There's not like really a lot of guys that are completely tailed off or out of the picture at this stage of the preseason. Well, hopefully AJ Greer gets his due. Hopefully he he gets his due. Uh, anyways, safe bet though. They got like AJ Greer somewhere in the lineup to begin the year, or at least around the start of the year. Safe bet that you know he puts a guy. Maybe he'll say he'll put a guy through the glass and fully be Milan Lucic. But when we're talking really safe bets, talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might still be a few weeks away from regular season action, but over at Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and yes, NFL football is finally back. Brian Hoyer versus Aaron Rodgers. Let's go. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50. To receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Stats. Where the game starts. So you mentioned this. A lot of guys vying for fourth line spots. And as we've said multiple times throughout the summer and early fall, the top nine feels fairly sturdy. You, you, you know, you you've got guys, especially down the middle, in place. Um, but Jack Stanika. Looked really good against the New York Rangers the other night. And it's this new revitalized Jack Stadnika with a new coach. Um, and I think the big question everybody has is, and we kind of talked about this on Bruins beat a little bit, but does he have a chance to secure that fourth line center spot? Because as we said, he's not really a fourth line center, but if it's an energy line, if it's a spot that you know you want to put him in, does, does he have a chance to get it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a chance, and I, I feel probably a lot better about it now than I did a few days ago, right? If you asked Same me this here. back yes. on on last weekend after that game against the Flyers, I'd be like, I really don't know where he fits into the mix. Even if 
Sonika had a, a great preseason, I would still be skeptical about, well, his best chance probably was last year and they signed all those free agents. So he didn't really have a place to settle into the, the middle six anywhere. And as you said, he doesn't fit the profile of a typical fourth line center, but I think it all kind of goes back to just what Montgomery said about, you know, for them, it's about, I think, identifying the best players available and the best players that give you just energy and whatever capacity that is, as opposed to maybe finding and plucking the three players across the depth chart that fit into maybe the preconceived identity that you're looking for out of a fourth line that you're already like set in stone of what you're look, what you're trying to install in there. So if your fourth line ends up being, you go from a few years ago where you had, you know, physical grinding guys like Achari and Wagna and Corrali to all of a sudden this, you know, fast pace, AJ Greer, uh, Jack Sidnika, and, you know, is it Mark McLaughlin? Is it Oscar Steen? Oscar is Steen. It, yeah, something like that. Uh, definitely not maybe from, especially Bruins fans, what they think of as a fourth line, but if they're bringing you energy, if, if they're making plays like you saw um, on Tuesday and, you know, give credit words to, uh, you know, both Sidnika and Jim Montgomery talked about the fact that Montgomery was very candid with him after that game against the Flyers where he didn't show his best and he had to respond. And he did in that game against the Rangers. And it's something where you saw more of that, you know, drive um, a lot more physical, a lot more active on the forecheck, but then you see in some of those. Yeah. You see in those plays though, where, um, you know, he sets up Greer where, all right, he he's doing everything to, to make an impact, but he has that, those flashes of that high end skill, which is why Bruins fans for years thought he was going to be in the middle six. And if he's able to play kind of that more, not physical, I don't think he's going to be knocking guys around, but more of that, just, uh, you know, f- hectic, you know, embracing kind of chaos with the four checking and stuff like that and have that skill to make a few of those, you know, no look passes or those nice setup that leads him being a guy that can give you 20 ish points off the fourth line. You will take that if that falls in with what you're looking for in the fourth line, which Montgomery is just energy and, you know, making an impact down whatever end of the ice. Well, he's got the fourth line look with the two front teeth. He does. Yes, he does have that. He does have that going for him. But like the thing I keep going back to is and we talked about this on Bruins beat, right? Like Johnny Beecher is a better fourth line fit. Johnny Beecher is more of a typical fourth line of the Jackson Nika. But you can put Beecher in Providence and let him develop for a bit. Like if Stanika really does have a great preseason, if he continues to be as good as he was on Tuesday against the Rangers, I see no reason to put Beecher over him because Beecher, you can just stick in Providence and let him, you know, develop for a bit. The question and then becomes Nosek. What do you do with Tomas Nosek? Because again, stable fourth liner, what, what, where does he go? Does he just stay out of the lineup? Does he go in when Stanika is, you know, has a bad game or two? Like, I don't know he kind of feels like the most odd man out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing where it's, is, are we looking at waivers and doing that in order to shave, you know, money off the cap, but you have to imagine some team would easily pluck him up if he was exposed to waivers there. And it's unfortunate because I think he's a, a solid NHL or it's just, I think when you look at what maybe Alex Nika could bring in that same spot where younger just has maybe a bit more of a higher offensive ceiling. And also it's a thing too, where let's say you, you wave no and you roll with Tanika and it ends up not panning out. You still have multiple other guys that could probably step into that role. Like Oscar Steen is actually a natural center. Frederick's a natural center too. So if he doesn't work on the third line, put him down there. We'll see how Johnny Beecher does in a few months down in Providence. Like they, they have other options. It's not like it's Nosek, Sonika, and then it's going to be a black hole. 
It's not going to be like the third line before they got Charlie Coyle, where it was like, all right, Jacob Forsbacher Carlson and all these other guys. Like, it's not like that where I think they have to be going fishing for a fourth line center. So if this is the opportunity where you can give a guy like Sidnika 20 plus games to open the season, it's a different role. Yes. But this is your extended sample size. You know, you saw in that game against the Rangers that you can play this style of, of game. We have a coach that's encouraging you to bring energy in that role. If you're able to give him kind of that runway to see if he can run with it, now seems to be the time. It's probably the last chance, right? I mean, it's either this or you're either a 13-4, which is a waste of his time, or it's a situation where you're putting him on waivers, and I have to imagine some team plucks him up. So You're an Arizona Coyote. That's 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 pretty yeah. much what you are at that, at that point. Um, but again, I keep, you know, we keep talking about how much depth there is on that fourth line, how many guys are vying for it. And you look and say, well, you know, the top nine's pretty stable. You know, I mean, without Marshand, you know, there's no Marshand, obviously, but, you know, you've got your top six. You pretty much have a third line, whether that be at the moment, Greer, Coyle, Smith, or Frederick Coyle, Smith. And the fourth line's good. And you go, huh, if Marshand was fully healthy and McAvoy and Grizzly were fully healthy, there'd be so much more hype around this team because the pieces seem to be in place. Mm. Like the depth is there, the high end talent is there. Uh, you have a new coach, new voice. Guys seem to be pretty bought in. Like typically if those guys were healthy, we'd be sitting here going, okay, they're like a legit contender. There's a chance this could be like a true last dance for this crew. And it's mainly because the injuries, I think that gets overlooked, but this is a good freaking team. And I, I think it's, it's starting. To, I see more and more national people kind of going, wait a second. The Bruins are actually like very good. Cause again, the doom and gloom around here was, was real. I mean, remember those like, was it like June, July where we were like, I don't know. I don't know. And now it's been completely different. So again, they have the guys. I mean, just the fact that like AJ Greer is a factor. I mean, on free agency day, I think we were kind of looking up like who is AJ Greer? Like, like what's his, what's his deal? I know you knew he went to BU, but I, I obviously, that's pumped obviously, great, Sarah, Jesus, obviously, yeah. obviously. Uh, but I remember most people were kind of like, I don't even know who this, most people on Twitter were just like, sign Krejci and Bergeron, would you please? Um, speaking of guys that need to sign, Anton Strawman. Uh, very stable right shot defenseman. They need depth on the right side. We talked about this on Bruins beat. Um, I didn't think he was anything special on Tuesday, but again, I don't think he needs to be anything special. All he really needs to be is just a, a solid fifth or sixth defenseman. And you know what? If he can play top line minutes or top pairing minutes with Lindholm and kind of, you know, save Carlo from, I guess, being a true number one right shot defenseman, he's worth it. Yeah, no, again, uh, he's a 36-year-old veteran, Strawman, so I don't think he's got any tricks up his sleeve at this point of his career. But as you said, steady, dependable, and honestly, when you look at a decor that's going to be without Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzly to start the year, that's all you're looking for. Steady, dependable veteran who you can kind of plug in wherever, whether it's with Hampus Lindholm as a top pairing to start the year maybe, or once you have guys starting to get back into the depth chart, if Strawman at the end of the day is either your seventh defenseman or he's maybe your third pair right shot guy next to someone like Forbert, you know, we'll, we'll say there's value in that. And it's, again, it's something where I think Strawman's a guy that people look at him as a PTO and the fact that no other team was really targeting him and being like, all right, is he just kind of at the end of his rope, but still a guy that played a lot of minutes last year on a granted very bad Coyotes team. Yeah, very but bad. It does a little bit of everything well though. Like is a solid, uh, defensive defenseman uh sneaky offensively too like you look at just 
Like he had eight goals last year, 23 points, I want to say. So again, I don't think he's going to be this revelation, but just having a guy that can eat up minutes, make the, the smart, simple, sound play in his own zone. And if he gives you an extra couple of goals off of just shots from the blue line, which is an area of, you know, a mode of attack the Bruins haven't really relied on in years past, especially from their defense. I, if I'm the Bruins, I have to find a way to get him on board for this year just to have that option out there. And who knows how it's going to be once Grizzly and McAvoy come back in terms of we already have the situation with Riley, but if Zaboral pops, if another guy, uh, you know, stands out there, you have Clifton in place. Got a whole lot of guys vying for those tops, you know, those six spots. But again, same with the fourth line. It's a great problem to have you going through all these different players because each one of them not only is an everyday NHL, but each of them has kind of their own unique kind of skill set. So if you're Montgomery and John Gruden, you can kind of augment those pairings to kind of however you see fit. So every single one of those players has a very different kind of skill set. Speaking of people who look good on Tuesday, Mike Riley. I mean, just there was a confidence he played with offensively, moving the puck. I know, again, he wasn't going against the full NHL Rangers, so I'm not going to sit here and, you know, my head's not going to explode over it. But I do think there's a chance, and we talked about this on Bruins beat, or maybe it was like the last poke the bear. We talked about this recently, though, where like, is he, you know, how expendable is he? And there's the worry that under Jim Montgomery, under a new coach, he actually would fit well. And I think that's sort of a thing where it's like, if you deal him, you know, the reality is there aren't a lot of, you know, good puck moving left shot defense, but don't grow on trees. You have a few of them, right. you know, the, the, re, the reality is you don't know with a Sean, you don't know if he's going to become an right. everyday NHL player. Of course you have Hampus Lindholm, you have Matt Grislyk, but Grislyk does tend to get injured here and there. So like Riley might have a newfound value, especially if he's going to pop under Jim Montgomery. And again, we saw it uh, at the end of 2021 where he was a terrific puck moving defenseman. So I think that's something we'll kind of get to later in camp and, you know, more during the season. But like, if he keeps up with the way he's been playing, I know it's one game, but like you might need to keep him just because he is valuable. Um, And again, you only have six D spots. So that's an issue, but I do think that you might have something there, Uh, which leads me to this early predictions for a starting lineup. Always fun. Some early predictions. Aren't that's always a fun time. So I'm going to assume we have the same top six. That would be my guess. I, Crazy, I think. What's, I, what's I, yours? What's yours? Uh, I have uh, AJ Greer. I have uh, I, I have uh, J- Jacob Forsbacher Carlson. Okay. And uh, I have Brian Gianta. Okay. That's say my, no that's more. My okay. top line. I didn't know you were Petrov McGuire, but Petrov McGuire. We have that revelation. Yes. yes. Um, but I'm gonna assume we have the same top six. We have the same top six: Zaka, Bergeron, DeBrusque, uh, and then uh, Taylor Hall, uh, David Krejci, and David Pasternak. No Fabian Lysel. He'll be in Providence to begin the year. And that's okay. That's okay. That's a good thing, guys. Don't need to panic. Um, but the bottom six, what do you what are you thinking for the third line? Evan, gonna be a little crazy here. Ooh. I'm, go- I'm going, I'm going Greer Coil Smith. I think honestly, like you look at just for that third line of what you need in that spot in terms of again, it's a line where you look at the pieces in place with a puck possession guy like Coil, a shot first guy like Smith you've got the makings of a line that on paper, you look at their skill sets, be like, this line should be getting the most of all their matchups, what they need uh, a little spark plug, a little, little energy boost there, a little, little shot of caffeine. And I think a guy like AJ, AJ Greer, even if he's not going to be a guy that is also going to break out for 20 goals. I think you look at just how he impacts the game, how he can, you know, uh, create loose pucks, turnovers, and a guy like Smith, who's always ready to take a shot. 
Um, a guy like Coyle, who's so good at protecting the puck and shielding the puck, having someone like Greer in that spot, maybe that not only gets the most out of him in terms of maybe, un, you know, realizing some of that offensive ceiling he has, but also gets more out of guys like Coyle and Smith, where they're playing at his pace. They're trying to get in great A spots because they know a, a puck's going to get turned over. He's going to be causing havoc somewhere down the ice. So we'll see how I imagine probably get one or two more preseason games of Greer, but I'm going with that for the third line to start the could, year. Could Greer be kind of what they thought Nick Ritchie would be? Like that's the thing is honestly, we talked about for so many years now of what the Bruins need in terms of like a, a physical guy that, that hits, but it can't just be like just this big body power forward anymore. That doesn't work in today's NHL. You don't need guys like that. You need Blake Coleman or these guys that are, you know, bigger dudes. I don't think Blake Coleman's that big, but plays bigger than they are. Right. And, and, and he's, he's thick. Yeah, like Greer's six three, so he is a big body, but he like has the wheels to to keep up with the pace of play. He's there to you know cause havoc as opposed to just kind of you know clearing up plays around the the boards or, or down low or anything like that, or just kind of screening the goalie. Like Greer's flying all over the place, so he can make an impact throughout a, a shift. So I, I, it's kind of bold, I guess, but I'll go with Greer on that third line. We'll see how they kind of build off of that to Saturday, you know, as this preseason continues on. But kind of a, a, an interesting hint that Montgomery tossed out there when he put him out there for Wednesday's practice. So I hate doing this, but I'm going to agree. I hate doing this. I don't like doing it. You, you've talked me into it as we've continuously, as you're speaking, the wheels are churning in my head and I'm going, you know what? That is a valid, valid point. I, do th- I don't think Jim Montgomery is tied to players. I think there's some players he is tied to for salary cap reasons. I think Felino who will get to in a second, but I do think that he does have an outsider perspective on this. And, you know, again, I'm, you know, on, on Tuesday night, Frederick with Coyle and Smith, it's just not, I don't know. He, he's not bad in that spot. He's just not terrific. So again, I think Greer has a game that isn't going to be super inconsistent. I think you can be consistent playing that way because he's not reliant on scoring, he's as you said, he's more reliant on the other things like forechecking and energy and things like that. So I will also give my third line. I know it's weak, but Greer, Coyle, and Smith. And you know what? I'm like weirdly excited to see that, to see that third line. Um, because as you said, like I feel like Coyle and Smith together on paper, they always you always look at that on paper and go, that should be a top third line in the league. Like that should be a second line on some teams. And it just has never it hasn't panned out for a full season yet. Greer, if he keeps playing the way he did on Tuesday, which again. Maybe we're sitting here in a week going like, oh my God, that was so stupid. I can't believe we actually thought that. But you know what? Then, what you know. We've seen, then we know, but off of what we've seen, I got to give Greer that spot. Um, I will go first with the fourth line. I will go first. And now you can copy me. Uh, we can copy each other. But uh, I'm going to put Stanika in the middle because I think Stanika has the uh, kind of the authority over Beecher, not because he's a better fit, as I said earlier, but because he's been here longer, doesn't have many chances left to see it. Beecher can be in Providence and it's no issue. Um, I'm going to put Oscar Steen on the right side because that makes the most sense to play with a guy like Jack Stanika. I think Chris Wagner, you know, everybody wants to see Wagner up here. I'm included. Like I, Wagner's a great guy, like awesome, you know, a, a pros pro, but I do think he'll probably begin the year either um, in Providence or up um, on the ninth floor and McLaughlin can begin the year in Providence. So like, I don't see the yeah. huge issue there. Uh, and then on the left side, I do think that's where they go with Nick Foligno. I don't agree with it necessarily, but I do think that they're going to give him a fair look. I think they're going to give him a fair shot. He's a veteran, makes a lot of money. I think Felino, it'll be Felino, Sadika, um, and Oscar Steen. I think that's what's going to end up being. And Frederick will be watching the beginning of the year from the, the ninth floor. 
Evan. <sighs> I agree. Ah, uh, well, it's one of those things where, again, Sonika and Steen make plenty of sense because also they're no longer exempt from waivers. So you got to see what you got in those guys. Maybe if even you like McLaughlin a little bit more, give give Steen some time down there. Give McLaughlin top six minutes out in Providence and see how they both run with it. Um, Sonika, again, same thing. See what you got for 10 plus games and kind of go from there. Then it comes down to Felino and Frederick. And in terms of what the Bruins are looking for in terms of the end result by starting Felino, you give him one more chance to see if he can still prove he's an everyday NHL player. They still clearly believe in him. They wouldn't have decided not to buy out his contract. They didn't think so. So you see what he has in that spot, give him a couple of games. And for Frederick, it's not ideal for him, but maybe that gives him the message that, listen, you've got a guy like Greer who everyone that was on the outside looking in. And even if let's say how this all pans out, even if Greer is on the third line, uh, he's probably on the, he's starting somewhere like, and yes. this is a guy who came out of nowhere. And for a guy like Frederick, who was on the third line, most of last year, it's a big wake up call. If it's, you know, he's all of a sudden the, uh, the guy looking into the roster with Greer and, and Felino taking those spots right now. So it's a situation where if you're the Bruins, you get to see what Felino has, you know, give him one more shot. And it, pisses off a guy like Frederick who needs to see where he kind of fits in the lineup, what he needs to do to get back into those signing reps. seems like something that gives you answers and should benefit everyone, at least in the short term. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, I'm looking at it and I think on the fourth line, you almost want to optimize Stadnika. Like who is going to fit best with Stadnika? I think Steen fits the most on the right side. And you know, like I, I as much as I might be down on a guy like Nick Foligno, part of me is intrigued. There's a little bit of just like, Hmm. Wonder what he's got left. Cause guess what? If he does have something left and I know again, he's been on a downturn since I was it like 2019 or yeah. was it 2020. Like it, it's not, it wasn't just last year. It's been kind of heading this way for two or three years now, but why not see what you got? Like give it a shot, give it a try, give him, you know, 10 games or so and, and see what you got in him. Because if he fit like again, loved in the room, good veteran guy. Like that's the thing. Like if, if it does work, you have a legitimate piece in your lineup and a guy that, you know, in a pinch can slot in in front of the net on the power play. Like he, he can do things. Um, and as you said, light a fire under Frederick um, is definitely not a bad thing. I guess if Stanika is spotty and isn't in all the time, I guess that's when you'll see Nosek potentially if Nosek isn't put on waivers um, and maybe, you know, you see other guys, maybe you get Frederick at center. Um, I don't know, you know, but again, the fourth line's a big, if it's, re- it kind of feels boomer bust. Like wouldn't a Felino Stanika uh, Steen line be like either really, really good or like just a total no show. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's one of those ones where you still really don't know what exactly you have in them, but might as well roll. Like you've got just so many different ways you can kind of tweak that fourth line to whatever you're kind of looking for. And it seems like, again, we've talked, that seems to be the theme of this episode, but just in terms of what Montgomery's looking for in that fourth line, it's not setting down an identity and, you know, finding those pieces in. It's just like, let's get the the highest ceiling possible by mixing these three guys in. See, we got, so if you told me at the beginning of, uh, of this off season that their fourth line to open the air was going to be, let's say it's Greer, Stadnika and Steen, I'd be like, you're, freaking crazy like I, look, those guys aren't two of the two of those three guys aren't fourth liners but for the Bruins it seem like they're kind of setting their own uh identity in terms of what they want they don't want you know preconceived roles or anything like that it's all about just rolling out the best 
you know, four line uh, forward core. And if those guys all hit, all of a sudden you got, if you're a team that's already panicking about slowing down Bergeron's line and Krejci's line, especially now, uh, that fourth line, if Sadika all of a sudden turns a corner and Greer's playing like this, that would give you fits too. How many good teams do you see in the playoffs where all of a sudden their bottom six clicks in the playoffs and it's, it's impossible to kind of keep them all accounted for. So it's going to be just fascinating to see how the, all these kind of pieces fall into place over the next couple of weeks. It also wouldn't surprise me if they find the right combination for third and fourth line in like February. Like this is the of other course. thing, right? Because because or again, like Marsh is going to come. Mar- yeah, Marsh is going to come back. Zaka is going to go down to the third line. You'll have Zaka, Coyle, Smith. And then your fourth line, I mean, Greer, I mean, I, we won't even know come that time. You know, is it Greer, Stanika, and Steen? Is it Greer, Stanika, McLaughlin, Greer, B? Like, it, just there's so many op- you know, options it could be. Um, but the good part is, if one fourth line doesn't work, you can literally put in an entire new fourth line. So, like, you, you have options here, um, as we've said, which is never a bad thing. Uh, speaking of options, lots of options over at BSJ. Uh, what can people look forward to from you over there? Yeah, we're going to continue to break down uh, every single day of training camp in the preseason with camp reports, uh, look at roster battles, um, your video breakdowns, working on some features, all that stuff to get you uh, in the know and pumped up for Bruins hockey once the regular season starts in uh, October. We'll be down in D.C. for the season opener, which will be a blast. Ooh. So um, excited to kind of get the ball rolling there. So you can find all that stuff over at bostonsportschannel.com. So please subscribe at BSJ. You want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan of Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.